Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time now for our daily tech and business report. Today we are joined by Bloomberg News reporter Max Chafkin. Business for San Francisco-based Strava, which helps runners and cyclists track their workouts, has boomed since the start of the pandemic. But this time of year is especially challenging for the company. Max, first off, let's go over Strava's growth. What can you tell us? Yeah, so Strava is a uh, an app uh, that is very popular with runners and cyclists. People, uh, if you are sort of a hardcore endurance athlete or are friends with uh, them, you, you may you may know about this company. It's basically a way for people to track their mileage, um, and it has a, a social networking component where you can kind of post your workouts to your friends and, and kind of do the same stuff that people do on uh, you know Instagram or, or what have you. Except we're talking about fitness. Um, company had uh, done exceedingly well, uh, sort of unsurprisingly, during the pandemic. You know, a lot of people uh, couldn't go to gyms and, and so on, so they were, you know, uh, taking advantage of these tech-enabled opportunities. And uh, traffic has, has been, as I talk about in the story, has, has been pretty consistently high. We've seen a lot of growth. They're up to uh, about 100 million uh, people using this, this app, which is pretty, pretty remarkable given that it's a, in a narrow niche. Um, and as I talk about in the story, uh, they, every year they basically go through this New Year's situation where, you know, uh, everyone is excited about their New Year's resolutions. They, they, they start uh, working out a lot and it falls off very, very quickly. So I would think that this would be a nice time of year for them, though, because everybody, you know, made all those promises and they're all gung ho in January. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, what Strava has seen, and we talked about in the story, is they get, you know, for a few weeks, they get a lot of uh, just just a ton of traffic. And then what you see is is a drop off, basically a bifurcation. Some people stick to those New Year's resolutions uh, and, and, of course, keep up with their, uh, you know, fitness habits. Um, and others, uh, of course, you know, decide that eh, maybe that New Year's resolution was a little too optimistic. And, and there's actually an inflection point um, that they can, you know, look at the date. Of course, this is a tech company and, you know, there's there's tons of, you know, analytic possibilities. And so this year they're saying that January 17th, so it's about uh, two weeks from now, is the point where you see people uh, dropping off. And, and they, they call that internally Quitter's Day. This is, you know, the day when, when people quit. Um, and, and what their research has shown from past years is that uh, if you can get past Quitter's Day, in other words, if you can uh, sort of keep your uh, new New Year's resolution, your, your good health habits uh, going past that date, past January 17th, you've got a good chance of kind of continuing on, you know, for, for a substantial amount of time. So, so that's, the, that's the key. And the other interesting thing from the, from the Strava data is like is they, they found that people who you know engage in challenges um, that they have these like sort of virtual you know run a virtual half marathon or or try to cycle you know 100 miles who create these kind of incremental challenges um, 
have an easier time sticking to it. As I talk about in the story, that there's, of course, a selfish motivation there. Strava is, is a business, and, and getting people to use this app is, is a way for them to make money. So it sort of, it sort of works on both levels uh, for this company. Yeah, so the challenges, plus the accountability, of course, makes a difference. They say it takes eight to ten weeks to internalize a habit, you know, to turn something from something you're making yourself do into a habit. Anyway, how does the company make its money? Uh, so Strava is a kind of a, unusual. It's a bit of an odd duck among, uh, you know, venture-backed Silicon Valley tech companies, and that's a social network um, that doesn't really make money from advertising. Uh, it's a membership-based thing. You pay uh, uh, basically $6, 5 $6 a month, uh, $60 a year for, um, uh, for a premium version of the app that includes, you know, uh, training plans and, and some additional features, basically these leaderboards that, that people – uh, get really competitive, trying to you know best each other's times, um, and they, they have, uh, as, as we report in the story, you know they've been totally uh, secretive about their revenues, uh, but 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 they told me that they uh, took about a hundred million bucks uh, last year in 2020, which is a you know big increase from the year before. That was kind of a a bit of a pandemic boom, but they also saw continued growth, so 68 percent revenue growth in 2021, um, which implies, as I, I read in the story, 170 million dollars uh, in revenue thereabouts, um, which implies, you know, a subscriber base between um, two and three million. So this is like a pretty small business, you know, compared to some uh, tech giants. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's obviously it's a social network of kind of miniature scale compared to Facebook or even Twitter, um, but it's growing quickly and they have a, a really uh, a reasonable sort of business model. They've, they've turned a profit the last couple of years. So it looks like another one of these tech companies that could be ripe, you know, for an IPO or, or something along those lines in the, you know, in the sort of near to midterm. Okay. Thanks for talking to us. Bloomberg News reporter Max Chapkin. You can hear our tech and business report weekdays at 1230 on KCBS. And for more, tune in to Bloomberg TV at 2 p.m. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.